This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. There's a big misconception being perpetuated by some well-meaning, traditionally-minded Catholics that, given the recent promise to the FSSP that promises them that they can keep saying the traditional Latin Mass, that the Bergolian War against sacred tradition is certainly over, that things are okay in the springtime of the Church of the New Advent, that somehow Francis has had a conversion of heart and has become a stalwartly Catholic pope. I hate to be the bearer of bad news yet again, but we have a story that some of you may have seen by now from LifeSite reported last night. And they are reporting that the Fairfield Carmelites have had their traditional liturgy, their sacraments, and their traditional priests taken from them. I'm going to combine that story with another that hasn't been reported on in America yet, to my knowledge, in order to paint you a sad but rather accurate picture. Faithful adherence to Catholicism earns you no loyalty in the Bergolian Church, and that instead, for those laity and religious who faithfully cling to what had always been taught, they will be given nothing but pain and a cross to carry for their troubles. So let's get into the story. But first, I wanted to thank the patrons of this channel for their continued support of the work I do here, which keeps these videos coming along. They get early access to weekend videos, the occasional bonus video, links to things I do with other Catholic commentators, whether on YouTube or on the radio, when those things happen, all for about a dollar a month or more if they want. So if you'd like to join them in supporting what I do here, links are to Patreon, Patreon Alternative Subscribe Star, and the Join button are all in the info box below. On to the news items of the day, which is, frankly, Vatican corruption, as it often is. On to our story, which comes from LifeSite News, headline. Exclusive, Vatican fires faithful Carmelite chaplain, orders cloistered nuns to make changes. The Fairfield Carmelites were basically being told that if they want to follow St. Teresa of Avila, with the constitutions that she wrote, that they are basically not true children of the church, said Father Maximilian Mary Dean. I'm going to basically repeat that. <laughs> if you want to follow traditional charisms of the church, things good enough for many, many generations of the faithful, and you aren't a true child of the church according to the modernist maniacs in Rome. And I guarantee you that more stories like this are going to be coming, folks, so be ready. From the article, quote, In an exclusive interview with LifeSite News' Jim Hale, Father Maximilian Mary Dean, a former Franciscan friar of the Immaculate, revealed that he has just been fired from the, by the Vatican as a chaplain of the traditional discalced Carmelite nuns in Fairfield, Pennsylvania. The Vatican removed me as chaplain, said Father Maximilian, so as of Palm Sunday, I will no longer be serving the sisters as chaplain. And also in Valparaiso, Nebraska, their chaplain of 30 years, Monsignor Thorburn, was removed and told that he had to leave the chaplaincy residence there. So it's just a huge shock. The dismissals come in the wake of the Vatican's September apostolic visitation to the nuns. According to Father Maximilian, the firings are the official response to the report that the congregation got on the apostolic visitation, which you know, it was totally unjust and full of an agenda." End quote. Since 2013 at the very least, modernist Rome has been waging a quiet campaign against religious orders. Most people didn't notice this either. And what they were doing was suppressing numerous orders of men and women religious who had been dedicated to traditional modes of living and the sacraments, including and especially contemplative orders those quiet religious orders who spend a great deal of time in prayer every day, which are apparently not Catholic enough for the modernists who expect religious to put on pantsuits and go out and make a mess of things by promoting modernism and materialism in the broader world. 
And why exactly are they doing this? From that same article, quote, the approach of the Vatican towards female monastic orders is outlined in its 2018 instruction, Cor Orans. The papal directive seeks to reorganize the church's female monastic orders into mixed collective associations, effectively pressuring those that are currently autonomous to abandon their founding identity, charisms, and contemplative seclusion from the world. The nuns were told by no means they will receive a dispensation from the document Cor Orans, said the hermit priest noting as well that the Fairfield Carmelites were given roughly one year to comply. In fact, from what I understand, they were basically being told that if they want to follow St. Teresa of Avila, you know, with the constitutions that she wrote, and that was their desire, and that they stuck to that, that they are basically not true children of the church because they're not obeying the congregation that's saying that they have to belong to a federation and make all these compromises with regards to their formation and many other things. He continued, so... It was just a very harsh response to these brides of Christ that have left everything to love Jesus and to pray for the church and for all of us in a special way, end quote. My hat is off to Jim Hale of LifeSite for breaking the story. In modernist Rome, there is no loyalty, no dedication to the truth of the gospel and to those dedicated to preserving sacred tradition and living the quiet and unobtrusive life of contemplative religious. The document, Cor Orans, was promulgated by Rome on April 1st, 2018, and was a pretty twisted April Fool's joke that wasn't funny in the slightest. Seen especially in light of Predicate Evangelium, the new document that hyper-centralizes the Roman Curia, around the office of the Secretary of the State, which you'll get more news from later in the week from me on, you see what Francis is doing. He is preaching a synodal, decentralized church while strong-arming all aspects of church life into centralization that shows the lie that is synodality. The core issue here is this, as described in a piece on the website globalsistersreport.org, a website dedicated to women religious, and it comes from an article from October 21, 2021, detailing how difficult many religious orders are having in finding ways to comply with Francis's 2018 decree. Quote, One of the provisions in Cor Orans that has caused many consternation has been the chapter on autonomy, which distinguishes between juridical autonomy, monasteries that are not affiliated with any others or a larger order, and authentic autonomy, in which a monastery is self-sustaining and the members have the ability to manage the monastery and all its functions and can expect to live out their vocations there until death. Cor Oran says that they are not authentically autonomous, must either affiliate with another monastery, transfer the monastery to another location, such as to the campus of another religious community, or be suppressed, go out of existence. End quote. One of the fruits of Vatican II has been the liberalization and modernization of religious orders. We all know the story by now. It's rare that men or women religious are seen in anything in public approaching traditional habits, instead opting for street clothes most of the time or dressing in pantsuits with their women. And they are often out seen preaching for secular issues of the day in full service to Caesar. You only need to see the heretical nuns on the bus for a prime example of this. But this is all part of a larger issue. There is no loyalty in Rome to those who serve the church quietly and without fanfare. Cloistered religious dedicated to traditional modes of living are a prime example of this, but I have a story out of Rome itself that is heartbreaking. This is the story of a layman whose family has served the church for de decades at least and was fired without cause by Francis in a vicious betrayal that has started getting international attention. That layman's name is Eugenia Hassler, and his family served in the Swiss Guard and in other capacities in Rome. From the website of Italian journalist Marco Tosati, we get the headline. Dozens of letters sent to the Pope supporting Eugenio Hassler. Why doesn't he answer? Now, the answer to that question can be seen in his handling of the dubia. 
silence and ignore it until people forget about it. It is his unilateral will or nothing at all. The article is penned by a reader of Mr. Tosadi's, and he begins by admitting that there are bigger stories going on in the world right now, but this issue is important and worth highlighting. From the article, quote, However, I would like to allow myself to raise your awareness of a fact that has not been given much visibility for reasons that you can easily imagine. It is the affair of Mr. Eugenio Hassler, who served in the Vatican City State for about 12 years, and who was born and raised there as the son of a retired Swiss Guard officer, but who continues in faithful voluntary service with the smallest military body in the world. In 2017, he was fired on the spot in person by Pope Francis without any explanation or formalizations. He held a post as clerk within the Vatican government, and without any warning, from one day to the next, was dismissed verbally. There are no labor unions at the Vatican, and there is no possibility of appeal against a decision of a pope. I personally knew Mr. Hassler when he was working and took action on a matter that concerned me personally. I personally witnessed the dedication and professionalism of this man who, at the age of only 35, was practically ruined because some newspapers close to the Vatican wrote about the affair in an obviously negative way without deepening any understanding of what had transpired. From the day I learned about this matter, I have written letters to the Pope almost monthly with a petition that he would listen to his former collaborator and employee and give him the possibility of taking a stand against what seems to be mostly pretext to get rid of an inconvenient person without any well-founded accusations. Mr. Hassler has repeatedly asked to be able to receive a trial or at least to be able to know the real accusations that were the basis for this unprecedented action by a Pope. But neither he nor I, even after dozens of letters, have been sent by me and probably many others of his friends and acquaintances have ever obtained an answer. Instead, always closed doors and walls of silence. There are many actions that the Pope criticizes publicly, such as gossip, power struggles, denouncing people to the head of the personnel office, the need to forgive, etc. All of these topics have touched me deeply and demonstrated disparity between the words and actions of this Pope. The Pope defines these things as destructive power and condemns them. As I have said, I have never received an answer to the dozens of letters I have sent, end quote. He goes on, but I think you get the idea. He describes watching Francis speak publicly in a way completely contradictory to the actions he took with Mr. Hassler, which isn't surprising to anyone. Francis is vindictive by all accounts and has more than richly earned his titles of dictator, pope, or pack-a-papa. As I will report to you later in the week, the idea that the reform of the Roman Curio is being done for ethical reasons is a, is a sad joke. The end result of nine years of labor is the centralization of power around the most corrupt offices in the Roman Curia and the blurring of the lines between ordained clergy and the laity. This elevates the power of the papacy in real terms, which frankly was not needed given that the power of the papacy already has. In reality, it shows something that most don't want to admit, but in light of the treatment of Mr. Hassler and the Fairfield nuns especially and their clergy is rather unavoidable, that everything in the church must be centralized without dissent around the new attitude in the church going out and making a mess of things, of serving secular interests, and adopting modernist theology. Otherwise, there is no future for the groups in question. That is the sad reality in the church, and anything that smells of tradition will be stamped out or pushed to the margins of the church, and often with false accusations. That is a sad reality, and it is why people must be cautious about advertising anywhere that their traditionally-minded priests are defying unjust orders from Rome and offering traditional modes of worship banned by Rome, especially during Holy Week. The Fairfield nuns could certainly use your prayers at this time, so please remember them in your Lenten prayers and sacrifices, especially in these coming days that are the final days of Lent, which should serve to focus our attention 
and spiritual works on the cross of our Lord. What did you think of this story, though? Are the Fairfield nuns going to embrace the more modern and liberal version of the Carmelite charism? Are they going to have to embrace modernism, or will they face oppression? Given that modern religious orders are withering away and suffering from an even worse vocations collapse than even the diocesan priesthood, it's understandable on a practical level why they might want to avoid doing that. But will they submit? What other alternatives do they have? What did you think of the story of Mr. Hassler? I have both articles and the others that I cited today linked in my show notes at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with a .org at the end. It's a free website, so skip past the Patreon pop-up unless you want to become a patron of the channel, and you'll find the post there with all my links. So go look for it if you want more information. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.